Welcome to this special edition of BAM That Sports and Matt Weekly. And on this episode, we're going to be counting down the top 122 of the year 2022. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. It's a big old list. It is a year-end tradition here on BAM. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out. It's so awesome that that people care about this stuff. That we have, uh, you know, some some loyal some loyal fans and listeners. And uh, I, I'm so excited to get into this, man. I was just thinking, I was walking home today, drinking green tea, getting psyched, Boris. Uh, listening to "Linger" by the Cranberries, amazing jam. Oh, that's a great. Just kind of have, oh, such a great gem. Kind of having a moment, you know, like I used to make these lists when I was like 13, the year 2000. I remember number one match, Royal Rumble 2000, Cactus Jack versus Triple H, buddy. Five stars. Anyway, the, the, the fact that I have this podcast now and people want to hear this, we're, we're, we're here to celebrate wrestling, not to be judgmental, even though. I am quite literally judging 100 wrestling matches right now, but it's meant to be, you know, fun. And uh, it's meant to be a compliment to everyone on the list. Having said that, we are very open to respectful feedback. Respectful feedback, please, is always welcome. I'd love to hear if I missed a match, if I overrated or underrated a bunch of Young Bucks matches, whatever it might be. We shall see. But yeah, this is meant to be a bit of fun. And I'm, I'm super excited to get this thing started, homie. That's exactly, and I think it's it's awesome to hear because people have been reaching out, and you know it's just a huge undertaking, right? So before we do anything, Matt, honestly, I know I, I give credit and props to you every time we go through a list, but the amount of work that you put through, uh, put yourself through, and go put into <laughs> getting these lists ready is just—it's absolutely amazing. And I honestly want to thank you on behalf of everyone, all the people who listen. Thank you for doing this. Like like you said, this is just for fun. This is turning into the Boris and Matt gimmick. Uh, you know, all the list, uh, the keeper of the list, the list master, uh, some would yeah. say. But uh, no, I honestly want to thank you. And obviously to everyone listening, thank you. 2022 was a hell of a, well, it was a ride. It was a ride to say the least here in SNME. Um, you know, our personal lives and SNME and sometimes they, they clash and they, you know, the, you have the clash at the castle and, uh, of, of, of everything and the perfect storm and everything. But uh, honestly, 2022 was an amazing year. Uh, and I want to thank everyone who listened. Even if you listen to one second of one of our shows, it honestly means a lot uh, to the patrons. Again, I know I've been going on and on over the past few episodes. I just want to thank each and every single one of you. Because of you, all of this is possible. Because of you, we get to continue producing more and more shows for you. Because of you, we take the time to watch copious stupid amounts of wrestling to get these lists ready for you because of you we can do these stuff uh so i just want to thank everyone and if you aren't a patreon you should think about becoming a patron because 2023 let me tell you right now is going to be a year of growth for snme and i cannot wait for us to just get in the meat and potatoes of 2023 so much amazing things are coming down the pipe. So if you want to help support the show, uh, you know, keep the lights on, as I like to say. Go to patreon.com slash SME radio. You get some amazing shows. Obviously, you get the flagship show, uh, the Patreon version. But then you get 
you know, Tuesday morning cooked, which is a raw review. You get uh, NXT talk, which is, you know, the OG podcast for Matt and I, uh, you know, after all these years, we're still doing NXT talk and we still plan to because just like the mafia, right when they we think we're out, they pull <laughs> us back in. Unless the Saudis buy WWE caveat, but please continue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you have the old fucks, you know, the legendary, the OGs, Dan DeMouth, Lavransky, and Joe Aguinaldo talking all things AEW. You have the Smack Daddies talking SmackDown. You have Rampage Ramble, which is just an assortment of the casting motley crew that we have here in SNME. And then you have some newer shows like AEWTF brought to you by Dark Side of the Elite. Uh, you also have Setting the Standard by from THT, Matt Grant and Uncle Bobby B. You have a whole slew of shows and I can guarantee you more are on their way and the only way that you can listen to everything is if you're a patron that's patreon.com slash snme radio all right business aside <laughs> let's get to the meat and potato of this episode um but matt i think we should remind everyone how we rate matches yeah, and I think we differ from some people who rate matches. We're, I'm going to call out Dave Meltzer, and this is not in like a bad way. Dave Meltzer, friend of the show here at Sunday Night's Main Event, obviously. Honestly, I have such respect for Dave Meltzer because, Boris, he is not only the Adam Schefter or Elliot Friedman of wrestling, like historically, he's also the Roger Ebert of wrestling. He's doing two jobs, you know what I mean? And he's like the top of the field, right? And there are a lot of people who, are, when Dave is done, are going to take over, you know, the uh, the Adam Schefter, Elliot Friedman, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, part of this, right? But I, I I'm hoping to take over the Roger Ebert part of it, you know, and kind of kind of be that voice of he, these are my silly opinions about wrestling. So, but the way that most people I feel like rate wrestling matches is they kind of look at the athletic feats that happen in the ring, bell to bell, like uh, like it's a figure skating routine or like it's a gymnastics routine or something. And that's perfectly fine, well and good. If that's how you look at wrestling, that's that's probably the majority of people. We kind of try to take into consideration the commentary, the buildup of the match, if it's really important, promos that happen before or after, if they're super related to the match. To us, it's like that's all kind of the same as a headlock, right? It's all theater to some extent. So... I don't know. We differ in that way. We have uh, we talk about the commentary a lot. We talk about the production a lot, and uh, we also stick to a strict five star scale. Uh, you know, The Godfather Two is five stars. There are worse five star movies than The Godfather Two. Everyone knows that's the best five. Like, it's not kind of how five star works, right? That's how we're that's how we're doing it. There are no six six and a quarter. Although I understand what Dave Meltzer is trying to get across when he does that, and I I think the scale makes sense. Uh, I'm just gonna stick to the 100 percent thing. Exactly, and that's that's what I love about us. We're sticking to things. All right, Matt. So, you know, like I mentioned before, we like gimmicks. We like having fun here on BAM, especially if you listen to other episodes of BAM. Um, you, last year, late last year, late 2021, I should say, we had these bold predictions, these crazy outlandish things. Um, mine, a little more conservative than yours, but we'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think that it would be fun before we get to the list and... I should also note that this is part one of the top 122 of 
2022. This is going to be split up because we love making people wait. We love that anticipation. So this episode is going to be split up into two parts. Uh, but before we get to the actual list itself, let's talk 2023. Let us talk our bold predictions for 2023. But we should remind everyone what we said for 2022. So let's get to that right now. Awesome. As we inch closer and closer to 2022, and we've reflected a bit more on 2021, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about what we foresee in 2022 as it pertains to the wrestling uh, promotions. You know, we're going to, you know, specifically specify around AEW and WWE. Those are the two that get all the love, all the attention. We're going to do that for this uh, for this one episode of BAM, um, at least for our bold predictions because you know like i said 2021 was a hell of a year no one could have predicted how 2021 unfolded uh and and i think that you know the same can be said in the future but you know we have in our gut our guts we kind of have some some predictions that we kind of want to chat about <laughs> you've said that a couple times that i always say i think that's more of an insult gut of guts more of an insult than heart of hearts but I feel, I feel you, big homie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, how do you want to do this? You want to bounce this back and forth? I have a bold prediction that's going to come up pretty early in the year. So I would like to start with that one if you don't mind, buddy. Bold prediction. And we've said this before on the air, but I'm sticking with it. I'm putting it here in stone. Johnny Gargano defeats Sammy Guevara for the TNT title coming up very soon. Battle of the Belts, January 8th. I think Johnny Gargano debuts and he's the first new wrestler to actually win that TNT title I think he goes on a big run with it yeah I don't think it's gonna happen to be 100% like it's uh, <laughs> um, I really don't I think he's gonna take his time um, and you know at the end of the day like I said I want him as a wrestling fan to end up in AEW but I just really think that he's gonna stay in WWE for one reason or the other um, but yeah that's for sure something uh, that I can see happening um and we'll see exactly where they end up going with 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 that um but you know you know it, it's right now you know you know we're seeing more debuts in AEW, and one can only assume that some more debuts will happen right so this leads me into my first bold prediction of 2022 and that pertains to the roster of AEW. um you know we're entering the third full year of AEW. The original contracts are starting to come up, and I believe that we're going to start seeing some more churn, but specifically a little bit of unrest in the AEW uh, roster. I think that as you know, they keep signing people, and TV time becomes less and less um, um, shareable. I believe that you're going to start seeing a little more internal competition, competition, and you're going to be start seeing some, you know, some people kind of start speaking out a little more towards AEW. I think that the honeymoon phase is essentially going to start running up for AEW in 2022. Okay, fair enough. Do you have a, like a specific wrestler who's no. going to be like no, 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 extra sassy? 
Do you think I, Brian Cage's wife is going to start popping off on Insta again? You know, then that's the person who I 100% think is going to be the first person to kind of go from AEW to WWE. Um, you know, you see his his name pop up more and more and more. But other people that I can think of are like the Joey Janellas of the world, right? Like the the Sunny Kisses of the world. Um, hell, even the Butcher and the Blades of the world, right? Like these these people who could be featured but are kind of left in the peripherals just because of how huge and talented the roster is. Fair enough. And I don't see Sonny or Joey in WWE. No. I could honestly say, see no, the Butcher and the Blade. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I'm saying that they're not necessarily all going to stay. This isn't a they're just going to jump 100%. ship to WWE. 100%. I just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, while we're on the subject of WWE, I have another fairly bold one for you, Boris, because we've seen uh, random partnerships happen a lot on WWE TV. And we've also seen the tag team champions kind of hold the titles for a little bit in WWE, especially on the women's side. They kind of just forget who has the tag team titles, right? So here's my bold prediction. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn form a tag team and hold a version of the WWE tag team titles, either Raw or SmackDown, for over six months. So they're going to have to team up quick and hold those belts for a while. But I think that's part of the reason why Kevin Owens re-signed. I think him and Sammy haven't had that main roster tag team run. They haven't had a tag team run really at all in WWE. And I think it's time. This is going to be the run. So this year it's happening. Owens and Zayn, Steen Erico in WWE for us. Yep, I can 100% see that, especially, you know, as more rumors are circulating about Sami Zayn resigning. Nothing has been confirmed. We, we're not going into rumor innuendo, so that can, you know, that can stay on other podcasts, other shows, other channels. Um, but that's that's another great bold prediction for 2022. Here's another bold prediction from me, and it's one that I think is going to happen a lot sooner rather than later. And that I that is Walter will be part of the main roster in WWE nice. in 2022. Oh, nice, buddy. I, I'm jealous of that bold prediction. I hope you're correct. I'm cheering for it. Good call. Uh, and you know what? We are NXT Talk. We are the NXT Talk boys. This is BAM, but we are the NXT Talk boys. We are the Young Guns. I have a little NXT-related prediction for you, Boris. All right, let's hear both it. Both Ron Breaker, both Ron Breaker and Grayson Waller will wrestle on SummerSlam 2022. You know, it's funny, because I was actually going to give them WrestleMania. Oh, wow. So, yeah, maybe SummerSlam isn't even that bold. Maybe I should maybe I should bump that up. But I wrote SummerSlam down here on the page, and we're going to stick with that. Both Braun and Grayson featured on SummerSlam 2022. That's a good one. I really like that one a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to the business side of wrestling. And I think that we're, I'm going to, you know, this has been the hottest rumor, the hottest talking point, and that is as it pertains to the sale of WWE. I believe that it officially won't be sold, but at some point within 2022, it's going to be announced that they are taking offers, that they are looking at suitors, that they are 
sharing their books with potential buyers. I do believe that 2022 is going to be the year where we really start seeing the business side of WWE um, really change and, and who knows what this means for the landscape. But, I, you know, with all of the releases that have happened this year, 80 plus wrestlers have been, or personnel have been released. Um, you know, we're talking both, you know, on screen, backstage, office, right? Like it's just, uh, it's, it's been, it's been crazy to say the least. Um, and you cannot tell me that this isn't to make the company as lean as humanly possible for a sale. So I think at some point this year in one of the shareholder meetings, we are going to hear that WWE is taking suitors, is sharing their books with potential buyers. I like it. I like it. That's boy. It's you know, it's not too bold. It's realistic. I can see it. Uh, I will. I'm gonna put you on the spot for for a somewhat bold. I want a number. What is going to be the value of WWE? What will they actually sell for when and if they sell? How many billions of dollars, Boris? I think it'll be around five to six. Five to six. That is immense. Now, UFC, what, like in 2016, I want to say UFC went for four billion, yep. I believe. Yep. Something like that. So it would it would stand to reason that in 2023 or 2024, WWE could get five or six for yeah. sure. And, that's, and maybe, that's huge. Maybe even more when you consider that they're right in the middle of their TV, major billion dollar TV deals with USA Network and Fox, right? Like we have to consider that as well. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's uh, yeah, all kinds of money uh, being generated there. Uh, I have one final one, actually, just to dip our toes just a little bit, just dip our toes a little bit into New Japan. I think Zack Sabre Jr. wins the next G1. There I said it. Yeah, there you go. That's a very, very bold prediction right there. Um, sticking with New Japan, I believe that 2022, and this isn't really a bold prediction, but I believe that we will see Okada wrestle in AEW at Revolution in February. Interesting. Does he wrestle Omega? Probably not. If it's Probably in February. Not. Probably not. Interesting. Interesting. I could see that. I could see Moxley and Danielson both in the G1 if travel allows, if COVID allows. But, uh, yeah, man, I think I think we've done good on these bold predictions. Definitely, we'll write these down. We'll track them throughout the year, and we'll uh, we'll celebrate when Gargano wins that title January eighth. Yeah, I doubt it's gonna happen. But hey, stranger <laughs> things have happened. All right, there you have it, Matt. Um, yeah, so that so that was a that was something. Uh, I took the conservative approach. Uh, you were you took the pie in the sky approach. <laughs> I was shooting shots. I was also way too easy on you there. I was letting you slide. Those were some easy predictions. None of those, I would say, were really bold. Hold but, on. Uh, you, hold on. You got most of them right. Hold on. Everyone thought AEW was going to be harmonious until the end of days and everything was going to be fantastic and everyone was, you know, going to be all happy and 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 everything. So, so tranquilo there, buddy. Hindsight is 2020. I don't know if that's true, but you know what, Boris? I respect the passionate argument. Maybe I'll take the L on that one. Maybe there were some people who were a little, you know, pie in the sky, as you just said. But yeah, so I think you won 2022, but uh, I think you were conservative, like, like uh, you just said as well. So, man, I'm going bold for 2023. 
All right, bold and italics. Let's get to yes. this. So let's do our top three bold predictions for 2023. Matt, I will let you go first. All right, I'm not even, I'm going so bold, Boris. I'm going date. I'm going to give you an exact date for all three of these predictions as well. Check this out. Sunday, March 6th, CM Punk returns. (laughs) CM Punk returns to AEW Sunday, March 6th, AEW Revolution. I believe San Francisco, California. I might be wrong about that. But in the Young Bucks backyard, CM Punk comes home, baby. All right, let's let's see what, whether that happens. Obviously, a lot of speculation, a lot of, you know, you just don't know at the end of the day. And let's be honest, we've talked about this, and this is probably the last time we are going to be talking about this until something is announced with CM Punk, and that is this. They would be stupid not to do business. I am a one trillion percent agree with you, and I do think at the end of the day, cooler heads will prevail. All right, so you like talking about people returning. Here's my first prediction for 2023, that by December 31st, 2023, Sasha Banks will be back in WWE. Oh, I like that one. That is pretty bold. You know what, Boris? I like that one. I will I will count it as bold. Good, good call, buddy. Good call. And you put a date on it. Yep. <laughs> so even bolder. Oh, bold right, and here's- italics. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Here's one that uh, makes me sad. Friday, July 14th, Vince McMahon sells WWE to Saudi Arabia, uh, to the Saudi Arabian fund, whatever that thing is, and a depressingly small amount of fans stop watching. Uh, yeah, prediction. that's, oh, man, I don't know. That one is going to be the only thing that can honestly save that deal from not going through, in my most humble opinion. And this is something that I think we should bring people much smarter than us to talk about, and that yes. is the shareholder reaction to that. Because anything, at the end of the day, not only will have to go through Vince, but we'll have to go through shareholders. Yes, and I guess that would involve uh, making the company private again, maybe. But again, this is way over my head and pay grade. We need someone much smarter than us to come in and explain this like uh, we are five. Uh, Yes. Anyway, uh, Friday, July 14th. Again, is the date where Vince McMahon sells WWE to the Saudis. All right. So I don't know the date. I can't put a date on this. I love how we're going doom and gloom on this one. But I think (laughs) that 2023, we will see the end of Ring of Honor as a standalone brand. I don't think the Ring of Honor experiment is going to last on Honor Club. I think that Tony Khan has essentially, um, I don't want to sound negative, but he didn't come through with the TV deal. And I think that putting on an Honor Club, yeah, you're going to get some fans, but you're going to get the most hardcore of hardcore for a already hardcore of hardcore fan base. Uh, So I don't think that ROH will be able to sustain itself online only through a subscription service only. Uh, I just think that I don't think people realize the costs associated to having a service like this. So I think that by at some point in 2023, uh, ROH will cease to exist as a brand and will only be a tape library. Dang. Oh, we are going doom and gloom right now, but uh, that one makes sense. Uh, But I do think it is still bold. I I will allow it. No, I'm just kidding. Talk your talk, whatever you want to do, buddy. But yeah, that one, I I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Here's a happier prediction because we know that MJF is doing the whole bidding war of 2024 situation. I think it's going to be a play on the CM Punk walking out of 
WWE, except it's going to be a heel version, right? Wednesday, December 27th, which I'm guessing will be AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash. Wednesday, December 27th, 2023, Holiday Bash. Darby Allen defeats MJF to win the AEW world title. Ooh. All right. That's uh, I'm gonna put this one in the Johnny Gargano to AEW <laughs> category. I just do not I see that, that one happening. I did say that. Well, you heard it here first, buddy. Wednesday, December 27th at what I believe will be Holiday Bash. Darby beats MJF to win the title. MJF Uh, holds it that entire year. All right. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens there. All right. Here is my third prediction for 2023. And this one, just I'm going to have some fun with this one. Booker T will be a entrant into the Royal Rumble to start a program with Kofi Kingston that'll end at WrestleMania. They're planting the seeds on NXT TV. I think this is going to be Booker's proper retirement at WrestleMania this year in LA against none other than Kofi Kingston. Booker kind of goes heel on the fans in the new day. These goofy bastards. Oh, I love that. I love that fantasy book. That's a great bold prediction, Boris. I'm super in. I hope that one happens. Yeah, same here. Same here. All right, so those are our three predictions. All right, the last thing that I want to ask you is this. Who is going to win the Royal Rumble, and who is going Mm. to come out of WrestleMania as champion? Oof. Okay, we're going bold, right? Okay, check this out. It doesn't have to be bold. I think anyone is bold at this point. True. Here's in In this spirit of bold predictions, here's what I think could happen. Uh, especially if Vince McMahon is back at the helm. Check this out. Uh, the final two in the Royal Rumble are Cody Rhodes. Uh, he's he's alone at 29. Who should come out at number 30? But The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Cody and The Rock have a good bout. Uh, the Rock eliminates Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble. Okay? Yeah. The, the Rock defeats Roman Reigns, WrestleMania Night 1. Cody Rhodes defeats The Rock, WrestleMania Night 2. Now, if that's not wacky enough, here's here. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the Vince McMahon of it all. On WrestleMania night one, Cody's got to wrestle someone. Seth Rollins defeats Cody Rhodes. And they try to do an Owen Hart, Bret Hart thing. And the crowd hates it because Cody just lost. He can't beat The Rock. What is this? He's a terrible champion. And his his title reign after beating The Rock gets off to a bad start because the fans are mad that Seth beat him night one. There's my bold prediction. Cody Rhodes leaves WrestleMania as WWE champion. The Rock wins the Royal Rumble. I honestly want to show you my notes. Because outside of the fans are angry and horrible start to the title reign, I literally have that exact scenario (laughs) in my notes. (laughs) No way. Oh, wow. Including the (laughs) Seth Rollins part. (laughs) Really? Holy fuck. Holy Christ, man! Well, that's why that's why we're uh, that's why we're a tandem, buddy. That's yep. uh, that's crazy. That Holy is crap. insane. All right, since we're going this direction, let's talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling. We always like talking about the G One. Who do you think is going to win the G One? Who's going to have the briefcase by Wrestle Kingdom, and who is walking out of Wrestle Kingdom eighteen as champion? Uh, Will Osprey wins the G One. Uh, Will Osprey leaves uh, Wrestle Kingdom as champion. Will Osprey, this is his year. 
That's exactly what I have as well. And we talked about this in the Wrestle Kingdom 17 Aftercast, which you can catch it on all on our feeds, uh, all, our, all of our feeds, I should say. Um, and that's this is going to be the year of Will Ospreay. He started the year off rough. If you watch New Year's Dash, he's a little angry starting that new uh, uh, that new team. You know, he's, he's going to have this anger. He's going to have this anger and this drive, and he's going to do everything in his power. So I think this is the year of Will Ospreay. I think he's going to have come oh so close to winning the new japan cup but he's going to lose in the finals to someone like a naito but i do think that at the end of the day will osprey is going to have a rough start to the g1 and then just go on this incredible streak that will last them all the way to january 4th 2024 when he beats okada fair and square middle of the ring and that's it Yes, and and I love where your head's at. And I think that's that that big wave, that winning streak is going to start with him vanquishing Kenny Omega. Yep, and that's how you do that. And there you go. I love where your head's at. That's that's going to happen. Yep, I think so. I think so. So there you have it. Those are our predictions for 2023. Cannot wait to listen to these back uh, next year as we give you our predictions for 2024. All right, Matt, it is time for the main event. Let us chat. The list, top 122 of 2022, come at me, bro. Yes, without further ado, we're going right into it. A match that I originally had at four stars. I watched it again thinking, oh, I probably overrated it. And I decided that I underrated it. I needed to bump it up a quarter star to four and a quarter, 85%. It's an A in Canada. It is the 122nd best match of 2022. The first match on our list, buddy. And anything goes match. WrestleMania 38. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. You cannot tell the story of 2022 without this match. Dude, I love this because you've pissed off so many people already. <laughs> <laughs> I love this match. Listen to it. You know, I, I was the first person to say this is stupid. I This is my piss break. I don't want to see this. This is dumb. Well, how dare they do this to Sami Zayn? Why did Sami Zayn resign? Look at us now. Honestly, look at us now. That match itself was just, just brilliant on so many levels. And look at where Sami Zayn is now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would be lost in the shuffle in AEW to some extent. Not Lost in the shuffle might be uh, aggressive, but they would not be uh, heavily featured in the main event. They wouldn't be. It would. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So there you go. All right. Now that we've lost about 25% of our listeners, <laughs> thank you for the rest of the 75%. So let's keep on going with the list. Uh, match number 121, the first ever Iron Survivor match. It was a women's Iron Survivor match. Cora Jade versus Indy Hartwell versus Kiana James versus Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark. Impressive that Indy, Cora, and Kiana James get on this list. This is from NXT Deadline, December 10th, 2022. So a lot of people preferred the men's match. And again, this gets into the whole like feats of athleticism in the ring versus actual storytelling and production of the match. The ending of the men's Iron Survivor match was terrible. It made no sense. Go back and watch it. They were chasing Grayson Waller around like it was a game of tag when that's very clearly not the rules that they were abiding by for the entire time the women's match made sense it was an awesome introduction to this gimmick this was a great match and again you cannot tell the story of 2022 without including this match 
100% agree with you on that, especially the whole not making sense of the men's thing. I tried, uh, but I did rewatch it. I'm just like, what the hell is this? Anyways, here's the thing. If you had told me in June that Kiana James would be on our <laughs> top 122 of 2022 list, I would have just laughed and scoffed at you. What's next? Kia- Brooks Jensen's going to be on this list? <laughs> Uh, sadly, there is no Incel Express, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs on this list. Kiana and God bless her, Indy too. Honestly, she did not have a good year, but she did. She was involved in this great match. Uh, Indy Hartwell had a horrible year, not to yeah, yeah. any fault of her own. However, having said that, ever since Triple H and Shawn Michaels took over, she's been having a hell of a run. Just an absolutely glorious run. Awesome story. Cannot wait to see where Indy Hartwell ends up. I think that she's going to be the one to beat uh, Roxanne Perez before she gets called up to the main roster. And I think this is happening a lot quicker than people think. Ooh, yeah, you might be onto something. They love Roxanne. They love Roxanne. So I think she's going to move up quick. I don't know if Indy, she might beat Indy to the main roster, dude, honestly. Oh, no, one, no, one, that's that's what I mean. I, I think Indy's going to beat Roxanne for the belt to have Roxanne move up right, around I WrestleMania. Understand. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Yeah, so I, I, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, also, I, I do think we should uh, state again, these are all four and a quarter star matches for now. This is basically... You could say that, like, if you want to interchange the next 90 matches in ranking, like, uh, there are 35 matches this year, which are four and a half stars. That's an all-time classic. These are the matches that are something special. And the ranking uh, is my personal ranking. Maybe you will disagree. Maybe you will agree. And again, it's meant to celebrate these matches, such as the Roman Reigns two-pack, buddy, coming at you. Match number 119, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul from crown jewel november 5th and match number uh sorry match number 120 was uh the last man standing match brock lesnar versus roman reigns SummerSlam. that's uh july 30th match number 119 logan paul versus roman reigns so 120 brock versus roman last man standing this was the one with the with the backhoe you brought the tractor out Yep, yep, yep. This one was a, this one was a good one. This was early on in the Triple H era, where a lot of people were still super happy, super positive with everything going on. So I kind of feel like this match might be a little overrated, in my most humble opinion. I'm assuming you rewatched it, hence, therefore, it's on this list. Uh, but I like where your head's at. I honestly thought that the Logan Paul match would have ended up a little higher on the list. Well, I see the Logan Paul match was. Uh, I don't mean to be insulting to Logan Paul, but it was exactly what I expected. And it was a little showy. Like I've heard it called like far and away the best celebrity match of all time. I don't think that's true. I think there's been a couple maybe better celebrity matches in wrestling history. I, I definitely think Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather was better. Anyway, I thought it was uh it, it was just, it was a spot fest that they laid out brilliantly, and Logan Paul looked great, and it was a great match, and again, one of the best of 2022 for sure. But I think the next 118 matches are better. <laughs> All right, let's let's keep it going. And I think we should also remind everyone, this is the first time I'm hearing this list as well. Just like everyone listening, yes. Boris is listening as well. 
Yes, sir. So, uh, Boris, but you've seen these two matches before, I'm sure, because we've talked about them already. It's an NXT two-pack. So, match number 118 from Worlds Collide, September 4th, 2022. This was Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet. Awesome athletic battle between two just young stallions in the WWE. And match number 117, triple threat for the NXT title from Halloween Havoc. Braun Breaker versus J.D. McDonough versus Ilya Dragunov. Another incredible battle from three incredible young athletes in WWE. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's crazy to think uh, the 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 first match, the Carmelo Hayes and and who was it? Uh, 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 Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet. Ricochet. Worlds collide. Yes, worlds collide. That that pay per view. The entire wrestling world was different as that pay- as that pay per view was going on. A few hours later, pandemonium. And so much changes so quickly. Vince McMahon is back. God only knows where we we'll, we will be in two thousand and twenty three. Moving on, buddy. Match number one sixteen. We're going to AEW for a while here. We're going to hang out with Tony Khan for a second. Match number one sixteen. Dynamite. From December 7th, it is the Acclaimed versus FTR. This is a really good tag team match, but again, look at the matches ahead of it. I think this is exactly where you put it. You need to you need to include it this year to tell the story of 2022, but this is where it belongs. Yep, agreed. I like this match. This match was good. Probably a, one of Acclaimed's best matches, not their best match. I'm pretty sure that uh, Swerve or Glory, one of their matches is going to be higher yes. on this list, but I like the that the inclusion of this match only one but yes it is much higher yes sir match number 115 still in aew dynamite november 9th two out of three falls brian danielson versus sammy guevara now danielson two out of three falls versus someone is coming up much later way later in our list and there's a lot of sammy guevara later on our list too lots of brian danielson up and down this list this match was uh, it was a little bit overrated, I thought, but still great. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and Sammy Guevara, is he himself does not get the love he deserves. He is way better than people give him credit for. Sammy Guevara is the modern-day Shawn Michaels. I think a lot of people don't Ooh, like him yes. as a person. Hence, they're 4F Sammy Guevara, and they forget how talented he is in ring. I think that's the issue with Sammy Guevara for whatever reason, right? Like, people just don't like him. In, in in that way, you're correct. Uh, yes, I, I will. Yeah, that's that's true. Match number 114 from Forbidden Door, Claudio versus Zack Sabre Jr. I, I way overrated this the first time through. I watched it back and it was a novelty thing. And, you know, maybe that's like the problem with watching a match back. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe that doesn't matter. But at the same time, like, I, I do think that it was I was just blown away to see Zack Sabre Jr. like on my actual uh, American television and Claudio's first match in AEW. And it was so like it, the novelty was actually more uh, than the match itself. Still, again, still a great performance between two great wrestlers. Yeah, but OK, you're talking about novelty, but this is exactly what I mean when we talk about our pillars and how we rate matches. That's part sure. of it. it. The novelty is part of the spectacle and how we rate matches. So don't uh, don't underrate yourself when you say that. It's an excellent point, buddy. That's an excellent point and something to consider. But for now, we have it at 114, Claudio V, ZSJ. And that is from Forbidden Door, which was June 26th. 
Uh, next up, we have the first match of the best four out of seven series, Death Triangle versus the Elite. This was the match from Full Gear. Match number 113 on our list. Trio's best four out of seven series, match number one from Full Gear, the Elite versus the Death Triangle. Yep, I agree with this. Here's my thing about this, and I'm just going to uh, uh, just say this about this entire series right now. Matches two, three, four five and six just because you know exactly where they were going to go as good as they were just as a fan i'm just like okay that was fun let's get to seven now yeah uh, i mean it's really hard to argue that that is the problem with the four out of seven gimmick that's why they don't do it very often i think honestly if i was a booker I, if i was tony khan i would just say let's just do five call it a story and whoever loses it gets a chance sooner or later uh just to get that win back but I, like just let's change it up let's 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 not be and i know that i'm the first person to always say sometimes it being predictable is a good thing but when you're trying to keep uh our attention in this day and age for seven matches good luck yeah, I think you're right about that. And I definitely have said on these uh, airwaves before Boris, match twos, matches two through five completely blend together in my mind. I, I can't really remember anything except the overuse of a hammer, which would kill a man in real life, of course. Moving on to match number 112 from AEW Full Gear as well. A steel cage match. The Luchasaurus Boris versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I like this match, a tribute, of course, to the Hell in the Cell match, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, which is five stars and one of my all-time favorites, one of the all-time greats, arguably as good as their famous series from WrestleMania years later. Uh, neither here nor there. Match number 112, I love this match. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in the Steel Cage from Full Gear November 19th. See, this is what gets to me sometimes. And maybe they're just waiting uh, for, for, for something to happen with Jungle Boy or like in terms of you know, the, the next contender for MJF. But you have Jungle Boy in the highest of highs, getting this huge-ass win, getting the spotlight on him, having the, the huge spot, actual spot of him jumping off the cage. And as much as you like Hook, as much as you like whomever, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of just like just throwing them back in the shuffle of back in your deck of cards and waiting yeah. for the next thing. You know, you sh I feel like they took that momentum and they wasted that momentum on him. I love Hook, but man, I can't argue that. I think you're completely right about that. You put it well. You just back in the deck of cards. That is such a good metaphor for where he feels uh, at this moment. Having said that, they're about to have a really good match in Los Angeles. He is the son of Luke Perry. He always gets a big win in Los Angeles in front of the execs. Uh, so that's going to continue. Yep, exactly. Do you think, um, uh, just let's keep on going. I was going to say, do you think his uncle Krusty the Clown is going to be there? <laughs> Hey, hey, I love it. Moving on. Uh, so this is match number 111 and 110. We're going to call this the Great Expectations 2-Pack. Uh, poor Speedball Mike Bailey gets so much love here in Canada. He is he is the chosen wrestling son of Canada because for five years he was banned from the United States. He couldn't work there, right? So now Canada just has embraced this guy. We love Speedball Mike Bailey. As such, I was told these matches were transcendent greats. And I watched them, and they're still great, but I have them here on the list. A little overrated. Expectations were too high. Perhaps that's my fault. Sorry, Mike Bailey. <laughs> Moving on to the actual matches. Match number 111. 
PWG Battle of Los Angeles round one. 2022 january 30th it was bandito versus speedball again great match the pwg style that you know and love like you know like a lot of kickouts <laughs> and that's the thing about pwg right like pwg has that when you talk indie wrestling that's exactly what we mean is a pro wrestling gorilla match right um and it's not a bad style i love these matches and honestly especially I, I, when you're there oh yeah 100 percent um but yeah, exactly. I think this these matches are the types of matches I can only watch once. Yeah, exactly right. And this next match, the epitome of great, but you can only watch it once. Josh Alexander versus Speedball Mike Bailey from Impact, the hour-long match, which I believe was December 8th, 2022. Again, you'd have to call it great. Four and a quarter stars, something special in the wrestling business. But I think there were 109 matches better this year. Yep. Yeah, no, no. That, dude, being like, again, not, not that our list is golden in the wrestling business or means shit about to, yes. to anyone outside of us. But they, yes. they're special or, in or our hearts. Or even you. <laughs> no, but they're special pretty- in our hearts. Um, yeah. But, you know, just being on this list is, is huge. Again, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that how many matches of professional wrestling we watch. It's copious, disgusting amounts of wrestling that we watch. So the fact that we can even create a list of 122 best matches and have a slew of amazing matches off this list, you know, just being on this show just tells you how good this match was is what i'm trying and to say how, yes and how desperately i need a girlfriend <laughs> 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 all right moving on match number 109 we're gonna stay with impact pro wrestling buddy jordan grace versus masha slamovich this was the last woman standing match from impact overdrive which was november 18th 2022 here i have written up I sure hope the Bound for Glory match is higher because I think their Bound for Glory match was better. I, Interesting. I do like this match, but I think their Bound for Glory match was better uh, punch for punch. Uh, make a note. I did not see their Bound for Glory match. I have not seen it. It is not on this list. We will make a note. Maybe Johnny Knoxville will get cut for their Bound for Glory match. I'll have to go back and watch it, Boris. Match number 108. We're going to be staying with Impact Professional Wrestling. This is the match where Josh Alexander won the title versus Moose. This is Josh Alexander versus Moose. Moose Impact Rebellion. That is April 23rd, 2022. Yep, this match was good. You know, told a nice little cap to an amazingly... I don't want to say amazing... Or awkward. I don't know what word to use. Just a, a good story. Because everyone was so pissed off at the previous year's Bound for Glory and how Josh Alexander was treated. And then, let's be honest, Moose had a pretty good run. Moose had a pretty good run, regardless of what Dan the Mouth of Ransky is going to tell you about Moose. <laughs> he had a pretty good run. So this was a nice little cap to his title run and the beginning of a legendary title run with Josh Alexander. Uh, Moose v. Mouth, the greatest feud in SNME history. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like you said, perfect storytelling here. The previous match, the last woman standing match, I do want to shout out. They beat the shit out of each other in this match, much like Josh and Moose did. Josh Alexander, hard-hitting, believable professional wrestler, another Pride of Canada type. Yep. 
All right, we're going back to AEW. This was one that was extremely hard to rank. I put it in a weird place, match number 107. I didn't know where to slot it, and it just felt like the, the, this is the right spot, Boris. It's Chris Jericho versus Action Andretti from Winter is Coming, December 14th. I think this has to be on the list. 107 feels like this is the right spot. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the first. Oh. It's the first, it's the first, no, the first Dikembe Mutombo by Boris no, right no, here. No, 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 uh, Is this match <laughs> the top 122? I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. How about this? This is the match that I will cut for uh, for Masha versus Jordan 1 Okay. once I watch it. This is the one I'll cut. How about okay. that? I, I, I respect that. This match was great. This match told an amazing story. This match told a story as old as the jobbers were hired. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I, maybe it was too predictable. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I don't know. Too predictable. I, I, I had this weird feeling that uh, Action Andretti was going to win. I don't know why. That's just, again, my personal most humble list of opinions. Um, I just don't I don't think this is top 122 material, and I'm going to leave huh. it at that. Well, I'm going to make the case quickly for it. Again, like I thought the the way the match built with the very, very clever kick out uh, from the, what was it, the code breaker that Jericho hit right yep. before commercial break when it feels like the match is going to end, boom, and action Andretti kicks out. I think they've actually followed up decently well with Andretti. He gets a big pop when he runs out with a chair to fend off the Jericho Appreciation Society. This man needs to beat Sammy Guevara or Daniel Garcia or Jake Hager or one of the one of the 2.0 boys like immediately, like next week. You need to follow up more than you have. But I actually think the follow-up in the last two weeks has been pretty good. I think this match belongs near the bottom, but maybe, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I overrated it. Maybe this is a classic four star, not four and a quarter. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe this is the one that I will bump off the list for for the great Masha versus Jordan. All right, all right. You know what? I will respect its place for now. Let's keep on hearing the list. Right on. One oh six, a trios match, and the winning team would gain advantage for blood and guts. This was on Forbidden Door. This was Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Utah versus lay sex gods of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and Minoru Suzuki. Just a ton of fun. A really underrated forgotten trios tag that I'm slotting into this AEW pack here. Yeah, no, this match was a lot of fun. Eddie Kingston is the king of zero hour. Uh, I think he and I know that he's recently talked about him preferring the zero hour matches for time restrictions. Uh, so, you know what? Let's give it to him. This match was a lot of fun. I remember this match. And that's part of this. Right. Like when you name the match, it's like, do I remember this match? You know, Fair. obviously, that is a good barometer. And uh, you at home listening, I feel like probably doing the same thing, too. Uh, Okay, so these next two matches also in AEW, these are the little brothers of these are sequels that weren't quite as good as the original or the second in one case. Uh, And there are matches that the outcome was never in doubt for a second. So it hurt the match. But AEW World Title Tournament Finals from Grand Slam. This is where Moxley beat Danielson to win back the title that CM Punk lost via mouthing off. <laughs> um, you really think that the 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 ending was never in doubt? 
Never in doubt for a second. Never did I doubt it for one second. Moxley was clearly winning that title, and I think it was the wrong decision. Danielson should have won. Uh, just in terms of shaking it up, just in terms of Danielson being incredible and a great name to have on that belt, but... They they love Moxley. He's the ace. So yeah, that's that. I think you're still bitter that Eddie Kingston didn't win the original tournament. Very bitter. Very bitter. That was his moment, and that was could have been the peak of his career. And I think they missed it. And uh, I don't want to finish that thought, but I love Eddie Kingston with all my heart. He is my favorite wrestler. Uh, moving on to match number one hundred and four. Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page three. This was in the tournament to crown a new champion because CM Punk was mouthing off. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, again, never in doubt for a second. We knew Danielson was going to be Paige this time around, and he did. So a uh, couple great matches. Again, can't tell the story of 2022 without him. That's why we're talking about them. But are they in the top 100? You tell me. You tell me. Exactly. All right, man. Let's keep the momentum momentum going. Nice. To back to AEW full gear we go. November 19th, 2022. This is a Ring of Honor AEW match. The Ring of Honor title. Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli versus Sammy Guevara. Really, really solid, fun match. Underrated and forgotten. Kind of lost in the shuffle in this great card. Yep, exactly. I think it was. This match was This match was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, R-O-A-E-W-H. Um... Yeah, sure. I like it. I like the spot. Yes. I like this match. Let's 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 see what's going on. That was 103. Danielson versus Jericho versus Claudio versus Sammy. Next up, match number 102. To the Indies we go. GCW. I never liked you. Nick Wayne versus Will Ospreay. Nick Wayne, the youngest man on our list. 17-year-old Nick Wayne. He is a baby Will Ospreay. This was, you know, Will Ospreay versus his little brother basically a heck of a wrestling match uh just outside the top 100 and it will be uh, amazing to watch nick wayne grow and this guy is going to be something special he's 17 years old he's already one of the best wrestlers in the world yep exactly uh slam wrestling over at SlamWrestling.net did a great profile on nick wayne a few months ago you should check that out this match was great nick wayne is such a talent it's crazy how good he is. And, you know, you can say that all he does is flips, all he does is blah, all he's that. But at 17, just just let him have fun. He will pick everything else up when it's time. And I think he's got a pretty good handle of uh, the fundamentals and just under the, the innate understanding of how to sell, how to project. He's a showman, man. You can see it. I, I think he's got I, anyone who says he's just flips uh, is not watching and what he does. He, he projects a stardom, this Nick Wayne. I you watch him more than once. You'll see it. I have a feeling that the first storyline with Nick Wayne we're going to get in AEW is we're going to get a uh, that typical storyline that we saw last year uh, in in England with Will Ospreay and uh, what's his what's his name? Oh, uh, Oku, Michael Oku. That's it. I think we're going to get the Michael Oku, Nick Wayne, uh, just parallel story. That's very interesting. I bet it's with MJF, though, right? Yep. That's what I'm thinking. It could, might not be, but I think it would be awesome. Bump him up against the main event right away. That'd be a hell of a way to debut something. Uh, it reminds me, just, just describing that kind of reminds me of Ted DiBiase versus Dustin Rhodes in WWE in like 1991. Royal Rumble. You know? Yep. Yeah. Royal Rumble yeah. area. Yep. 
I remember yeah, that yes, match sir. perfectly. Perfectly. That'd be that that kind of young Nick Wayne style. Like you see him in the crowd and then he actually gets into the mix. Yep. All right. So that was no number one oh two, Nick Wayne versus Will Ospreay. Future is bright for both of those guys. Future is is astoundingly bright. Match number one oh one. Oh, this might get me some uh, some hate overseas. Sorry, this was just the indiest indie match that ever indied. But boy, it was it was spectacular. Lots of kickouts, lots of kickouts. Aussie Open versus the Velocities. That is the uh, that is Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis versus Jude London and Paris De Silva from Rev Pro Epic Encounter, May twenty second, two thousand twenty two. This is the Rev Pro match of the year as well. Yep, this is the match that actually got me really into Aussie Open. Aussie Open this year. Like, this is the match that nice. people told me, hey, you should watch this match. And that's when I'm like, ooh, these guys are really, really good. I saw some of their work before. And it's not that I didn't care for it, but this is when I'm like, okay, they, they're these guys know what's up. I, I agree. Uh, I've, I had seen them once or twice, but yeah, this match, definitely spectacular. But this belongs in PWG. This is that that style that we were just describing. Match number 100. Here we go, buddy. We're in the top 100. New Japan King of Pro Wrestling title. It is a cumulative 30-count match. Shingo Takagi versus Tai Chi from the Golden Fight Series, November 25th, 2022. This was very clever. An interesting thing. That instead of having to get a count of three on your opponent, it was the first one to get a cumulative 30 pin counts by the referee would win this match i thought it was exciting i thought it was very good it was cool to see like oh this finisher was a six count this one was only a four. Oh, he hit him with a pretty good clothesline oh he got him rolled up and he actually got him for a four that time just the way they laid it out was so clever so interesting this is uh actually i would go as far as to say a must-see match and in describing it i may have underrated it yeah so here's the thing about the king of pro wrestling right you you ask a progressive purist they will give you an opinion on the king of pro wrestling, right? <laughs> I bet, yes. But here's the thing. New Japan Pro Wrestling has undertaken their expansion, right? And in that expansion, they've obviously watched some tapes of what is popular in North America. And let's be honest, people in North America, generally speaking, like gimmick matches. So for them to take a new concept, try it out, and actually do well with it, like this uh, cumulative uh, pin count, I think it was genius. And this match was actually, like, if you look at the people in the match, it makes sense that it was good, right? So taking two great wrestlers putting them in the ring trying something new it's a recipe for success absolutely buddy and yeah you know what you said look at the names and i feel like it's shingo takagi versus tai chi some people might be like tai chi really look at the name yeah man tai chi's good he's super underrated dude he's no captain new japan he's actually really good exactly people just again this is the thing about new japan right like they look at the gimmick of tai chi uh and and people don't like him right away right he's 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 not a toro yano he's not he, no. <sighs> Yeah. Now, now, I'm not telling you the gimmick is good. The gimmick no. is terrible. I laugh Henry. at the gimmick. In yes, yes, yes. Okay. So again, just to shout it out, in case you have New Japan World, you want to check this match out. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling Golden Fight Series. That is April 25th, 2022. Shingo Takagi versus Taichi. It's the main event of that show. Cumulative 30 count match for the King of Pro Wrestling title. All right, sounds good. Let us get to number 100. 
And what is number 100, Matthew Ederer? You just heard it. That was 100, buddy. Match number 99. <laughs> I love it. That's, That's all good, long buddy. Weekend. Let's keep on going. <laughs> No, you got to leave that in. Match number 99. With the, with the Gatorade. Yes, yeah. so. Pounding Gatorade. Boris, yeah, it's all good, buddy. No worries. Match number 99, number Wayne Gretzky. We're going to the G1 Climax. Uh, night eight of the G1 Climax. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. This was the match where Sabre was twisting Tanahashi into knots, and then Tanahashi out-wrestled him for three seconds, and Sabre was like, oh, God damn it!" and they hugged in the middle of the ring. They had a moment. This is just a, a bit of fun, a, a good pro wrestling exhibition, great pro wrestling exhibition, I would go as far to say. So that is Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr., G1 Climax Night 8. Just a ton of fun, this match. Yep, this 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 match was fun, and and I did like kind of like when they broke character, and everyone's like you know, uh, showing respect in the middle of the ring, and I liked seeing that from time to time, especially from a from a, a perennial douchebag like Zack Saber Jr. like in ring <laughs> character wise, right? Um, but this match was a lot of fun, and I like again so many matches in the G one month alone that we intake, uh, so calling this one out is is pretty big. Yes, yes, absolutely, well put. I hope so. That is our intention anyway. Match number 98, CM Punk versus MJF 1 from the February 2nd edition of Dynamite. So we're going to hear from Punk and MJF much later, much, much later on this list. This match, there were some nits to pick with this one. Uh, in my opinion, the Wardlow thing had way, way overstayed its welcome and they went back to it. I guess they were, they were building up to the big moment in the chain match. But yeah, it was just... Use again. This was an AEW match that you just saw coming a mile away. Having said that, a fabulous professional wrestling match. Sometimes you know the plot of the movie before you see it. It's still a great movie. The amount of time that they gave this match for television is telling to how much trust they have in these two guys. And uh, you know, it just kudos to CM Punk and MJF. I'm so glad MJF is back. I am I am the type of fan. I am on the, the side of the fence that thinks he's brilliant and a transcendent all-time talent, and I miss CM Punk. And I also love Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, unless they're talking on the microphone. <laughs> Match number 97, also MJF. This one is versus John Moxley, AEW full gear, where he wins the title, where Regal turns. The match itself was actually awesome and has gotten completely, completely slept on. Go back and watch Moxley versus MJF. Great fucking match. Yeah, so I'm going to be 100% straight up. Sometimes the main events of pay-per-views, PLEs, whatever you want to call them, I'm paying all so much attention to them but for and during the shows, but then the last 15 minutes, that's when I'm going into after-party mode making sure everything is working and yeah. getting stuff ready. So I might miss a little something, something. And I love this match. I really did. Uh, but sometimes I miss those special moments and like to really take it in, right? Like to really take in those moments and let it percolate in my head and my brain so that it can be so highly ranked on a list like this. Uh, understandable, man. Yeah. You have a lot to do here and that's, yeah, understandable. Uh, all I can say is I think you should maybe go back and watch it. It was worth your time. If you are a MJF or William Regal or John Moxley completist, I would say, yeah, this, this match was great. It was definitely great and a worthy start to MJF's title run. All right. Let's keep the list going, the momentum going. What else do we got, Matt? We got another forgotten gem, Boris, here at 96 
on our list. It is Cody Rhodes versus versus Seth Rollins 2. This is the Backlash match, May 8th, 2022. Yep, this was, if I remember correctly, probably the best thing out of Backlash, and because Backlash is typically one of the worst pay-per-views of the year, um, but I remember that this match actually did stand out for me, and uh, it was a good, great, man, Cody's two months in WWE were just so good on so many different levels and just so, like, out of left field that yeah. it's just an absolute shame what happened. But we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. It's so funny. Like, three matches with Rollins, all of which great, all of which on this list. Two matches with The Miz that nobody will ever remember. That's pretty much it. That's pretty yeah. much it for old Cody. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so funny. All right. Match number 95 shout out Mike McGuire. This was one of his favorites. I, I swear this is not an insult by ranking it low quote unquote. I love this match too. Oscar versus Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair from hell in a cell. June 5th, 2022. Mike spoke about uh, how wrapped up he was when he was in the crowd live for this match. This might've been one that was even better live than it was on television. Yep, exactly, and I remember having this conversation not only that night, uh, but when we were recording the best and the worst of shows, uh, and and that's the thing. Some matches, because if they're live, just stand out more, and this match itself was just a match that I remember a lot of people were saying, oh, it's Becky Lynch and blah, 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 and, you know, Asuka's just there to eat the pin, but just this match was so freaking good. Right? Like the entire pay per view, people were sleeping on. People were not looking forward to the show. And I remember leaving the show just so, you know, happy and content. And at the end of the day, it was like, okay, man, well, that was a very fun show. And the two matches that stayed in my brain were this match and the main event. Which, again, much, much later on this list, Boris, we will be discussing once more. So that was 95, triple threat, Asuka versus Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair from the pay-per-view Hell in a Cell, but not a Hell in a Cell match, just a normal triple threat match. Match number 94, the first and perhaps only good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. Boris, from Extreme Rules, October 8th, I have written down. It is the Brawling Brutes, Butch, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus versus Imperium of Giovanni Vinci, Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser. Yep, this is a great match. Lots of fun. I remember watching this match in a cab, leaving the Sky Dome <laughs> after the Jays uh, uh, blew it, and this match was a lot of fun. Yes, uh, right after the worst collapse in the history of baseball, which goes back to 1871, at least. That's like just organized something resembling Major League Baseball. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, a truly depressing night for Toronto uh, sports fans. But hey, good night for the six guys involved. They beat the shit out of each other in an excellent wrestling match. That is Extreme Rules 2022, good old-fashioned Donnie Brook, Butch, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus. Versus Giovanni Vinci, Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser, Boris. May I make the note that if you had told yes. me at the start of the year that Ridge Holland would be on this list, I would laugh at you also. <laughs> Excellent call. Ridge Holland right up there with Keanu James for biggest surprise on the list. Like, again, I take pride Actually, in watching our NXT yeah. people move to the main roster. I really do. There's something about them. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, being a hipster and watching uh, you know, a new band in town. 
Like, for example, I'm just going to throw this example out there. It's like when I used to watch a band known as Pez. Ah, I, I've never heard a single Pez song, I don't think. <laughs> um, do you know what band they are now? No. What band are they now? Billy Talent. So No way. These, yeah, so seeing these NXT wrestlers, I kind of feel like we watched them before they were big, and usually under their old name. Um, but so it's kind of funny because we were never high on Ridge Holland. So having him on this list, seeing him actually do fairly well outside of one major faux pas. Um, you know. <laughs> if one wanted to be a dick, they could point that out. But let's just go right past that. Exactly. So I don't want to just completely gloss over it. I'm, we're not idiots. But, you know, it's crazy to think that the year that he's had is what I'm trying to say in the Boris roundabout way <laughs> as Very I continue good. to chug Gatorade. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what? I'll tell you this. I actually think Keanu James is better in any way that you could quantifiably say that in a, in a wrestler. Keanu James is better than Ridge Holland, right? Like already and forever, <laughs> I think. Anyway, moving on uh, to match number 93, sticking with the world wrestling entertainment. Boris, this is from the Royal Rumble, a banger of a match with a dog shit ending. Never change, Vince McMahon. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns from the Rumble. January 29th, 2022. Best match on the Royal Rumble 22 card. That match. Just Seth Rollins coming out with the shield gear and the shield music was amazing. That was actually worth it. Yeah. The story. Everything was so good. And then you had the Vince endings and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Yes. Agreed. But yes, worth a quarter star of itself. Uh, that's match number 93, Rollins and his shield gear versus Roman Reigns uh, at the Rumble 2022. So match number 92, 91, 90, and 89. Boris, this is a Young Bucks four-pack. There will be more Young Bucks on the list. Don't y'all worry. But we have match number six from the four out of seven series, the Falls Count Anywhere match. I actually quite like this match. Christmas tree spot notwithstanding. <laughs> that was divisive, but I I, I I liked it. I laughed at it. This was New Year's Smash, December 28th, 2022. Death Triangle versus the Elite. Best four out of seven series match number six. Falls Count Anywhere trios tag. Huh. Yeah, that's a that took a while for you to say. All right, there, Excalibur. Um, no, this one was good. This one was good. I, I really did like this one. Honestly, I think that sometimes I honestly feel like we we um, overlook Penta and Ray. As yeah, a team. Ray and Ray as a wrestler in general. Ray Phoenix is so spectacular. You know, it's funny that you say that because I know we've talked about this in the past in uh, some of the AAA review shows where, you know, everyone thinks it's Penta as like the better one, the more popular one, yada, yada, yada. I'm I'm Team Ray Phoenix. Same. I absolutely. I have always been too, honestly, right there with you. So that was match number 92, the Falls Count Anywhere, which was match number six in the four out of seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite. That's a great wrestling match. Ton of fun. They beat the shit out of each other. Falls Count Anywhere with a clever finish too. I, I quite like the finish where Kenny Omega had to hit the desperation Hail Mary one winged angel off of a fucking barrier through a table because Matt Jackson was about to submit. The way that he fell, though, I remember watching this with someone, and this person is not a wrestling fan whatsoever, whatsoever, but I got her watching at least this match, because I'm like, I have to talk about it, I just like said whatever, right? Um, 
And the ending of this match, she was just like, holy shit, these people kick each other's ass. And I'm like, yeah. Absolutely. And then, like, especially the way that Kenny fell through the table right on his hip bone, collarbone, or not collarbone, but the, like, the hip, right? Like, the, the, the ass Arse cheek, bone. the Maximus. <laughs> Um, you know, it's just like she was just like, Holy shit, I kind of I kinda get this now. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> nice, nice. I said nice. it in that voice right. too. Yeah, very creepy. <laughs> All right, these next two matches uh I thought were quite overrated. This might get me in trouble. This is my opinion. Again, still great, just a little overrated. Uh the world trios title match, uh the war, sorry, the World Trios Title Tournament Final Four. This was the United Empire versus the Elite. So this was Will Ospreay and his boys Ozzy Open versus Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Just a little bit. I saw people say this was like top five, top ten of the year. To me, that's that's wild. This is this was a crazy ton of fun trios tag, and this is uh, where it belongs in my opinion. Yep, I think this match again. You like. When I sat down and started thinking, what matches are we going to be talking about tonight? What matches are we going to be bringing up? This one didn't even cross my mind. And to me, that is, that, that's something that we should, you know, that, that has to be considered. Like I mentioned, for me to not remember of this match. Yeah. It and that, says that, that was the end right of the there. sentence. <laughs> says it all right there. Says it all right there. But always when Don Callis is on the call, it's great. Except when Jim Ross is also on the call, then it's terrible. Then they're just actually like Jim Ross is just like yelling at him. And he's just he's going too hard on the heel as a baby face. It makes you like feel sympathy for the heel and kind of hate the baby face in this case. So, yeah, I, I don't like Jim Ross and Don Callis together. That's the recipe for disaster. You could have said that exact same sentence in 1997, and it would have held true. No, <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. That's funny. So that was match number 91, the Elite versus the United Empire in the final four of the trios tournament. Match number 90, again, grandfather of the show, Papa Dave, he gave this one five stars. Respectfully disagree. The Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks from Rampage, June 3rd. Uh, an incredible spectacular match but they've had like a dozen matches and they've had four or five that were better than this like five stars no 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 this match was great because of the crowd this match was great for pro wrestling gorilla and i remember <laughs> talking with sean burkhead because he was on the rampage ramble that after this show and i was just like i didn't get this match it was okay, but it wasn't this amazing spectacle that everyone is saying for it to be. Yeah, in my opinion, just like it was a four and a quarter star of spectacular television tag on Rampage that we were blessed to see because all four guys are great wrestlers and we have it on, on our list at number 90. Here. Having said that, give me a match like this on Rampage today, please. Oh. I beg of you, Tony <laughs> yes. Khan. Yes, sir. Please and thank you. So that was match number 90. Match number 89, the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus the Jurassic Express of Luchasaurus and the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. So I said this anecdote last time we talked about this match, but my cousin Brad, who is a super casual wrestling fan, he'll catch like two or three wrestling shows a year just because he'll just, yeah, I'll see what's happening on the wrestling tonight. I'm bored. He was watching AEW and he said this was the greatest multi-man tag team match, whatever he'd ever seen in his life. So, you know, when you don't catch the young bucks every week, 
the Young Bucks are brilliant, but the Young Bucks, it's sometimes the greatest hits tour, which is still amazing. The greatest hits of like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles is still some excellent songs. But you, you, you know, when you've when you've heard, you know, let it be so many times, you know, it is what it is. Let it be. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I picked that song. I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, so that was number that was number 89. Match number 88 and 87. This is some lucha madness here. So 88, we're going to Triple Mania. Um, the Triple Mania that was in June. Triple Mania uh, 30, June 18th. So this is the Fatal 5-Way Cruiserweight title and Latin American title unification match. The five men in the match. Bandito, El Hijo del Vikingo, uh, Laredo Kid, Ray Phoenix, and Taurus. That is your fivesome. Uh, Vikingo, Bandito, Laredo Kid, Phoenix, Taurus. Laredo Kid and Vikingo Kid. Just stop what you're doing. Pause us. Don't stop us. Pause us. Watch some of those of their matches, then come back and continue the list. Vikingo Kid is oh, he's just so good. It is insane how good he is. Um, I hope we see him in North America a little more. I know that he is doing a tour, uh, but I hope that he gets the the attention that he deserves because he, in my opinion, is the best luchador in the world right now. Dot, dot, dot. You know exactly what I'm going to say, and this is Boris the character I'm talking now. <laughs> Santos Escobar. No, no there's like Santos. Yeah. El Hijo de Vikingo is yeah. honestly the best. Absolutely. Yes, yes. The yes, the, the the young man, the son of Viking, El Hio del Vikingo. He is so great. Uh yes, and we're gonna see him again here at 87. Uh he defends the triple A mega title versus Ray Phoenix. This was Triple Mania from October 15th, which I have as Triple A's match of the year. And I guess you would say the pure lucha match of the year. I th- I don't think I have a CMLL or triple A match higher than this. No, CMLL, I don't know. I think that the main reason I watch CMLL is because of their partnerships with Ring of Honor, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But ever since those partnerships went uh, went belly up, went deep sixed, I just haven't watched a lot of CMLL, got to be honest. I've been watching a ton more AAA. Yes, yeah. Any lucha that I see basically is AAA, or if there's a crazy, bloody, like smaller level lucha match that's getting a ton of love, obviously I'll check that out too. CMLL heads, if we missed a match, shout it out to us, please. Uh, so yeah, that was 88 Bandito versus Vikingo versus Laredo versus Phoenix versus Taurus, and 87, a singles match between El Hio del Vikingo and Ray Phoenix. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's keep going, buddy. So obviously those were spectacular cruiserweight style, junior heavyweight style matches, if you will. Here's another 86 from Impact Wrestling Rebellion. It is an X division title match. Ace Austin versus Speedball Mike Bailey, Canada's favorite versus Trey Miguel. This match was incredible, innovative, really, really great stuff. Oh, man, this this match is so good. And how many times, and I, I hope you have the stats when we're done the list and a comparison of last year's list, because the amount of times that we're talking about Impact Wrestling just goes to show you that you should not be sleeping on Impact Wrestling. Much more Impact this year and Impact in higher places, I think, than they were last year, too. Yep, yep, exactly. And, and having said that, I'm pretty sure that if you do a comparison between this year and last year, we're talking more WWE as well. 
You know what? I think so. It's less AEW. We were, I was, I was certainly an AEW fanboy last year, way more than I am this year. Tried to be more diverse with my tastes this year. So that was 86 triple threat match for the X division title. Ace Austin versus speedball. Mike Bailey versus Trey Miguel from impact. Damn it. I was so close. Impact rebellion. February 23rd. All right there. You almost got it, but you couldn't <laughs> stick the landing. Ah, Excalibur is such a pro. That's, yeah, that's a, a seven. seven. Yeah, not even, not even. That's a six. It was going pretty well, but it ended up being a six. Excalibur's a pro, man. That guy gets it. Holy crap. Match number 85, sticking with the junior heavyweight division. Boy, how would he tell you what? It is El Fantasmo versus Robbie Eagles from Best of the Super Juniors 29, Night 9, May 26th, 2022, Boris. Yes, yes. Some Robbie Eagles on this list. I love it. Fuck yeah. Love Robbie Eagles. Need to see more Robbie Eagles in New Japan. El Fantasmo, BC boy. Again, good Canadian lad. We love El Fantasmo on the podcast. Always shout him out. LP will be seen again on this list, I think. LP, anytime he does his back rake uh, spot, I just, I mark out. I love it. I'm, I'm such a sucker for that back rake. He does. <laughs> he gets it, man. I yeah, love LP. And Robbie Eagles is fantastic, too. Two great wrestlers having an incredible underrated match. El Fantasmo versus Robbie Eagles. That is uh, best of the Super Juniors, night nine, May 26th, I have. All right. Uh, Boris, here's something I think I also have from May 26. Is that a coincidence? I did not mean to do this. That's so weird. A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey. So this is a cruiserweight battle in spirit, but this was not the cruiserweight style. These guys twisted each other in knots, and they did it under Heritage Cup rules on NXT UK television. So again, this is match number 84, Heritage Cup rules. A-Kid, currently known as Axiom, versus Charlie Dempsey, the son of William fucking Regal. NXT UK, May 26th, 2022. Excellent, excellent match. And you can see how brilliant these guys are already, already. Yep, A-Kid is so good, and you completely ruined the whole joke. I was going to say, where I was going to compare A-Kid and Axiom and how similar they are. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> A-Kid is so freaking good. A-Kid as Heritage Cup champ. You can honestly watch any Heritage Cup match with A-Kid as champion, and you're going to be sports entertained. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and, and Charlie Dempsey, brilliant, just absolutely we've been, brilliant. We've been hyping that guy up since we since we saw him debut in NXT UK, and then he did some fabulous work with D Famille. Yes, sir. Yeah, and since that point, we've been just waiting for him to come over. Hopefully, he gets a chance here now that he's in NXT stateside. So that was eighty four. So next up, eighty three, and this is one of five consecutive. Kanosuke Takeshita matches in what we're calling the Kanosuke Five Pack, the Takeshka Sanko. Here we go. First match, it is Moxley versus Takeshita One. This is from Fighter Fest, July 13th, 2022. Yep. All right. Keep the ball rolling. I, I mean, Takeshita is an excellent wrestler. They've called him the Japanese Barry Windham. He is uh, he is a spectacular young talent, and he is a, a, a highly touted prospect in wrestling. Uh, next up, PWG match of the year. Daniel Garcia versus Kanosuke Takeshita from PWG 19. Garcia is awesome. Takeshita is awesome. I hope they have 15 more matches in their career, and they're all as good as this or better. Yeah, 100%. Like, just, oh, the, just those two... Just ooze 
ooze talent. Just absolutely ooze talent. And I cannot wait for us to get video of Bola 2023 in that final of Garcia and Takeshita. Yes, yes. And the Jericho Appreciation Society appearance. That should be fun as well. All right. Let's keep on going with the Takeshita Cinco. Yes, sir. This is uh, match number 81 and the third in the Takesh Desenko, the five pack. This is Hangman versus Takesh. This is from Wild Card Wednesday Dynamite, May 18th, 2022. Okay. 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 I respect it. So, yeah. So, uh, an even better Takesh match than that was Claudio versus Takesh. This is the best Battle of the Belts match ever from Battle of the Belts. Three. It was taped on August 5th and aired on August 6th, 2022. Caprice Coleman, Taz, William Regal, and Excalibur. What a foursome on the call. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Caprice Coleman, so underrated. Oh, man, he's so great. So, so great. So, yes, those are the the AEW Takeshita matches, except for one, which we will hear from a little bit later on the list. But here's another to complete the five-pack, another Takeshita match for you from DDT, the 20th anniversary show, DDT Judgment 2022, Takeshita versus Tetsuya Endo. Just 45 minutes of dudes wailing on each other. My only nitpick would be, I, I guess, like the first time through me watching this, I couldn't really say... I couldn't find much of a story or much of like, I didn't really understand the characters coming in, at least to my uneducated, foolish eyes. I, I didn't really see much rhyme or reason to these incredible, beautiful moves. So this is where I would put this match. Number 79, Takeshita versus Tetsuya Endo from DDT 25th anniversary show. I am so glad this match is on the list. So glad. So happy. Nice. Thank you. You're you're quite welcome. <laughs> All right, so that is the end of Takeshita for now. More on Kanosuke Takeshita later, Boris. Uh, for now, let's go to New Japan for match number seventy-eight. It is Ren Narita versus Ishii. This is a television title tournament match, fifteen-minute time limit match. Ren Narita versus Tomohiro Ishii from Battle Autumn, October twenty-sixth. I have written down. This match gave me. A chub in the middle of the <laughs> night while I watch this live. Uh, all right. Okay. That's aggressive. But hey, hey, hey feel, feel your feelings, man. Just just not, not trying to kick, not trying to kick Shane Boris. This just is saying. And uh, I was, I was, I was, I should have, I just, I should have waited just a split second more. But I gotcha, buddy. <laughs> I might have actually spent all over my laptop ruining this podcast and just, just destroying what we've done so far. But yeah, that's, this was a great match. Ren Narita. His best match uh, of the year, I think this is his highest appearance on the list. I would probably say. All right, man. Let's 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 see what else you got up your sleeves. I wonder if we have any more Ishii on this list. Number seventy-seven, Impact Heavyweight Title, Josh Alexander versus Tomohiro Ishii. Impact Under Siege. We're in a, a little bit of what I'm going to call the the Ishii Three. This is number two of the Ishii three for Ishii. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Ishii Impact under siege. Great match, man. Josh Alexander kicks ass. Yeah, he does. He's so good. Like, I don't think people realize how many matches he's had as champion. Like, he defends this as much as humanly possible. And every match, every defense he's had is a possibility on this list. 
Absolutely. There are a couple I missed that I should have probably had on this list. Uh, Alex Shelley, I think he has a great match with. I, I'm sorry I didn't catch it. Might contend for that uh, for that Andretti Jericho spot. Who knows? All right. Okay. What's the third in the Ishii three pack? Yes. So this is number 76 overall and third in the Ishii E3, the Ishii three. So this is from the New Japan Cup. It was Shingo versus Tomohiro Ishii, the um, uh, immovable object versus the irresistible force. This just an incredible battle of wills, just a hard-hitting New Japan match. Yep, Shingo is crazy. Like, he's so tough. People don't realize how tough he is until you see him up against someone like an Ishii. Oh, man, so freaking good. So good. You know what I just saw? And I'm just completely throwing our podcast, like, just derailing. Oh, do it. Derail us, Shingo versus uh, Brian Danielson from oh, yeah, is it PWG or PWG. Dragon Gate USA? Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate USA. Okay, yes, that's like that's probably if we were to do this list, I would love to go back and do every year. If we're gonna go back and do 2010 or nine, whenever that that's probably that might be match of the year, that might be number one for that year. It, it was a down year, and I remember that match getting a ton of hype, a ton of hype. Yeah, I just recently rewatched it. I'm just like, holy shit. Holy yes. shit. Oh, uh, I haven't seen it. Arguable. Uh, man, I might not have not seen that in 10 years. I got to go check that match out again. That's that's sick. <laughs> Definitely. Shingo is so dope. Been doing it for a decade. Been having great matches, such as number 75, a last man standing lumberjack match for the King of Pro Wrestling title. This just happened December 19th. From the 50th anniversary for Taka Tai Chi together, I guess it was their joint Taika Tai Chi shows that they do, their independent kind of shows, somewhat related to New Japan, their 50th show. And the main event of that show was Shingo versus Tai Chi in a last man standing lumberjack match. So we ranked them at 100 with their crazy cumulative count match. This match is number 75, Shingo versus Tai Chi, last man standing lumberjack. Love it. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Right on. Let's go back to the New Japan Cup. It's the final four of that tournament. Shingo versus Zack Sabre Jr. This was the match that ZSJ won en route to winning the New Japan Cup. Shingo versus Zack Sabre. This match was awesome. This is match number 74, and it happened on March 26, 2022. I love, like you've said before about Shingo, is just how tough he is, how hard this man is. And Shingo uh, just, just throwing himself at Zack Sabre Jr. and Zack Sabre Jr. weathering the storm and kind of trying to figure out how to out-wrestle this beast. Just brilliant stuff. It had a great story, and you just said it right there. He's trying to figure out how the hell is he going to wrap himself around this guy to make him submit. Yes, it's an anaconda versus a bear, and the anaconda won. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, perfect analogy. <laughs> All right, so that was 74. Match number 73, also from the New Japan Cup. This is round one. Kazuchika Okada versus El Desperado. Remember this match? One of the best of Despi's career. Yes, 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 yes. This match was great. I honestly thought Okada was going to lose this match. Yeah, that's how good they did. That's how good a, a job they did telling the story. El Desperado, he almost beat Okada. You actually believed it. We say this every time Okada comes up, but he's underrated. We sleep on Kazuchika Okada. You know who we sleep on? El Desperado. Yeah, great call. Yes, we do. Like, yes, everyone do, talks man. about Hiromu. Hiromu this, Hiromu that. 
but his best matches have been with El Desperado. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, Dragon Lee, but you might be right otherwise. I was going to say Dragon Lee up until the injury, but uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And Ishimori, too, actually. Anyway, yeah, I like where your head's at, buddy. I like the praise. So that was 73, sticking with New Japan, 72. El Fantasmo again makes an appearance versus Will Ospreay. This was their match in the G1, G1 Climax 32, night one, uh, July 16th. This is Fantasmo versus Osprey. Excellent oh. wrestling match. Actually, I might I might have put this 20 spots too high here. <laughs> this is, should be 52, maybe. Maybe, maybe. This match was so freaking good. Again, El Desperado, someone who, who, I don't know, like, it's not that he's underrated, but I don't know how to describe him and, and how people see him. Oh, this is Phantasmo, not Desperado. No, sorry. sorry. The, yeah, oh, LP, Fantasmo. not LD. Phantasmo. Yes, yes. I got Despy in my head. Yeah, Despy yeah in my of brain. course. How could you not? But yeah, El Phantasmo no longer masked and is now just kind of a shit heel through and through. Yeah. Just a bastard. And it was funny because Will Ospreay generally has played a heel in New Japan. But yeah, he was out bastarded by this fucking dirty, rotten scoundrel, El Phantasmo. Yeah. Great stuff. Sticking with New Japan for a little bit here. Match number 71. It is the finals of the New Japan Cup where Zack Sabre Jr. claimed the throne. He defeated Tetsuya Naito to do so. Uh, March, sorry, 27th. March 27th, 2022. The final of the New Japan Cup. Zack Sabre Jr. over Tetsuya Naito. Your boy. This match hurt me because it, you just said it. It's my boy Naito, and every, like I've said it so many times, and I always say this about Naito and how his treatment is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it just kind of sucked because I feel like, you know, typically the the champion or the winner of the New Japan Cup he faces the champion, but I feel like last year the match was so predictably not going to lead to Zack Saber Jr. winning that belt that it's kind of like a math throwaway match. Well, that brings us to our next point, Boris. Number 70. (laughs) NJPW Hyper Battle, April 9th. So I want to call it a throwaway match, but sadly, it was never, ever in doubt. Zack Sabre Jr., winner of the New Japan Cup, fights Okada and gets beaten pretty clean, pretty convincingly, although they did go like, you know, the typical 27, 30-minute New Japan main event. It was an excellent wrestling match. Number 70 on our list, Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Hyper Battle. But, yeah, like you said, not for one second, not for a millisecond did I think that Okada would lose. Yeah, and there's one other thing that let's I want to bring up right now about this particular match and the timing of this, and that was, it was so shortly after wrestlemania weekend that i was wrestling out fair that's an excellent point too and i guess not new japan's fault what the no. fuck do they care but maybe they should maybe they should care but i just just a note for their american audience that they're trying to catch to some degree right they're going to be burnt out around wrestlemania time yeah and that's exactly it like i watched i like a lot of these matches i'll watch once right so i just watch so much that i don't have the time uh to go back and watch a lot of these matches so i just remember watching this match thinking i'm exhausted of wrestling i just watch god knows how many hours of wrestling Fair enough, man. Thankfully, I'm a glutton for punishment. I've been watching this shit since I was like three years old. For some reason, I can't get enough. It is what it is. But yes, uh, speaking of, that's a perfect time to transition to number 69. The coveted number 69 position, Boris. The noise. There's only... Uh, spot. 
there's only one choice for this it is the acclaimed of course it's the acclaimed scissor me daddy ass versus swerve in our glory aw all out this was the match that the acclaimed did not win uh the crowd wanted them to real bad uh, this was an excellent excellent professional wrestling match and you know lol the acclaimed number 69 it feels right it just feels right Boris. of course it does this is the match that uh myself joe and dan the mouth we kept saying they should have called an audible it, it was you know it did lead to a moment in new york but sometimes sometimes you just gotta go with that feeling in the night 100% agree with that statement. I and uh, we got into this on uh, our podcast. It opens up a separate uh you know debate of how many audibles have ever been called in wrestling and they should do that more often of course, but when do they ever do that? <laughs> they I, I wish they would do it more often. When do we know that they do it, right? Like that's the other part. Excellent point. Excellent point. They're not going to go, "Hey fans, by the way, we originally said you're right." So maybe it happens all the time, who knows. But I would think we'd probably find out. Anyway. Yeah. So that was match number 69. The acclaimed has to has to be done. Nice. Match number 68 and 67. It's an Eddie Kingston dream match. Zero hour, two pack, Boris. So Eddie Kingston versus Ishii 2. So they had a match in New Japan that's gonna we're gonna talk about that later. But for now, number 68, Eddie Kingston versus Tomo Hiro Ishii, their second match, which took place on all out zero hour. That's 68. Number 67, Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama, their first ever dream match, which took place on AEW Full Gear Zero Hour. This It's funny to have like a feel-good, heartwarming, uh, violent slugfest between two athletes who hate each other. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, But it's so warmed my heart to see Eddie Kingston beat the shit out of these men and have the shit beaten out of him in return. And I, I, I worry that Eddie Kingston... Uh, man, again, I'm not saying this in my personal opinion, but in the opinion of AEW management, I worry the bloom is off the rose and they're like, there was a peak that could have been reached. He literally could have been AEW world champion. And I think he's like nearing Mick Foley 2006 stage. I, and I hope I'm wrong. Fucking prove me wrong. You're my boy. And I'm not saying that because it's your talent level. I'm saying that because it's your push level. It sucks. And I fucking hate it. Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie Kingston, number 68 and number 67, his dream matches versus pure RSU icons. All right. Honestly, there's nothing I can say that can top that, so let's keep on going with the list. Yes, sir. Number 66, World of Stardom title, Kyrie versus Saya Kamatani. This was from the Gold Rush show from, uh, it was November 19th. 2022 so yeah Kyrie defends her world of stardom title versus saya kamatani yep all right all oh, right sorry no, she- no sorry 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 wait, wait, sorry i had that back, i had that backwards saya kamatani defends her world of stardom title versus Kyrie. this match went to a draw because Kyrie was about to wrestle for the iwgp us title please continue boris i was gonna say shall we do a regular stardom spiel right now or shall we wait <laughs> We'll save it. There's there. This is a stardom pack. We'll save it for at least the end of this. All right. Uh, world of world of stardom title. Shiuri versus Julia. The match from March okay. from uh, World Climax. The best. So this is number sixty five. This is the match they had in March twenty six two thousand twenty two. Shiuri versus Julia. We will be hearing from them much later on this list. Damn, freaking right we will. Yes, sir. And so that was 60, 65. 64 is Julia versus Mayu Iwatani 
for the world of stardom title. And this was uh, January 29th. So, okay. So to run through those again, 66 Kyrie versus Saya Kamatani gold rush, November 19th. 65, Shiuri versus Julia, the first match of two spectacular ones that they had this year, March 26, 2022. And 64, Julia versus Mayu Iwatani from January 29th, 2022. Yep. All right. The story of Julia in 2022 coming back from injury. Is she going to be the same? What's her deal? Well, we saw that in her match against Maya Iwatani back in January. That match was spectacular. And then we, she gets her shot finally against Shuri. And while I knew it wasn't going to go in Julia's favor, you just felt bad for her. And how is she going to get a title shot again? Well, we saw that, and I know we'll be talking about that a little later, but that's the beauty of the Julia story in 2022. It was just so good. She just had a standout year after, honestly, doubt of her coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was very nice to see her back and back in full force. Uh, and she is she's a great choice for the quote-unquote face of stardom if we're going to use the american parlance of talking about the champion the world champion as the face of a brand i i I probably pick her to be the face of stardom honestly she has a lot of advantages that not not to mention she's an excellent wrestler so excellent such a good wrestler um she's so good Uh, you know i'm gonna wait for the spiel until we talk about another stardom match i know is on this list but i'm just gonna say it once right now don't sleep on stardom Yes, sir. And sticking with the Joshi, we're going to go to the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Match of the Year, Boris. This is number 63 on our list. It is Miyu Watanabe versus Miyu Yamashita. It is Tokyo Princess Cup Night 6. This was August 13th. So sometimes you just watch a match with no expectations, got some hype, throw it on, and it's just like incredible. It's like, holy shit. Like these guys are, these women were beating the piss out of each other. So exciting. Like just a really hard fought battle. Uh, you could instantly tell the veteran versus the rookie and who was who, and the rookie wins in the end. And it's just a very exciting match. Uh, Miyu Watanabe versus Miyu Yamashita. That is from the Tokyo Princess Cup, the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Match of the Year. We have it here at 63. I love this match. I just watched it very recently. It's still fresh in my mind. Yeah, I watched this a f- couple months ago. Now, here's the thing, and it always bothered me and because, like, for the longest time here in North America when we see Joshi matches, we see the Sailor Moon of matches. We see the craziest, wackiest, dumbest stuff sometimes here in North America, right? But if you actually sit down and watch these promotions, watch Ice Ribbon, watch Stardom, watch whatever, man, they're just as good, if not harder, than some of the men. Absolutely. And there's a ton of wackiness, too. Let's oh, be honest. But <laughs> but, but yes, but but, your, your overall point is so very true. They they go hard. They are, they are worthy talents. They're professional fucking wrestlers, period. We get exposed to to the ludicrous stuff right that's the thing yes. that's my point right and that's yeah. why i say don't sleep on these promotions go out and watch a full joshi card in fact listen to us on bam and snmeradio.com because we are going to go out of our way to talk more joshi and japanese wrestling in general um as we do more aftercast this week and uh or this year i should say and just yeah don't sleep on these promotions 
Yes, sir. A hundred percent agree. So next up we have uh, some AEW matches. We're going back to AEW for a three pack. These are some spot fests between some, some hungry young wrestlers in AEW, a hungry young wrestler spot fest bandito versus Chris Jericho. That, that young lad, Chris Jericho, Ring of Honor champion, throwing himself to the ground off the top rope over and over. But yeah, no, so match number 62, Bandito versus Chris Jericho. Uh, I felt like this was a good place to rank it, especially uh, to the matches next to it. Because if you watch it back, it really was that kind of style of, of like, quote unquote, the PWG spot fest. It was Bandito versus Jericho doing that match. And God, it was so fun and so great. It was so great. Jericho versus Bandito on the September 28th episode of Dynamite. Yep. Excellent. Uh, 61, Andrade, your boy, your least favorite luchador versus Darby Allen. Now, every Darby Allen match, he is throwing himself to the ground at a rapid rate. Uh, this was the best match of their feud. It was one of the best Dynamite shows, honestly. If you go back and watch March 30th, 2022, that's a that's a really, really good Dynamite. Uh, and this was arguably the best match on that show. Uh, Andrade, I feel bad for him, man, because he's really good. He is, he is a guy who is drastically underrated now because he has just been so underutilized his entire career. Can't can't honestly can't argue that. I know I always have the Santos Escobar joke, but it's just I, I feel like Andrade's always been the wrong place in the wrong time. Yes, yeah, well put. That's it. That's exactly it. So that was 61. Match number 60 was Andrade versus Darby versus Sammy. Triple threat match. Rampage March 4th, 2022. Honestly, one of the better triple threat matches probably you'll ever see. There's some hokiness. Tower of Doom. It was a great Tower of Doom. It was a spectacular one that went viral, but it's still the dumbest spot in wrestling. Like, just a, a spot fest, a spectacular, beautiful one. Match number 59 and 58. Talking about crazy wild spot fests. These are the ladder matches from NXT. These are matches that I'm bumping down a little bit from our original rankings. I feel like I got a spot fest thing going on. This is where these matches ultimately will rest in my year end rankings 59 and 58. So the first one, ladder match from Stand and Deliver 2, which was. April 2nd, 2022, the five combatants were Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar, and Solo Sokoa. So that one was from Stand and Deliver before WrestleMania in April. The next one was from Halloween Havoc in October. That was Carmelo Hayes, Nathan Fraser, Oro Mensa, Von Wagner, and Wes Lee. Yep. Yep. Sounds, sounds good. I like this. Man, those ladder matches were spectacular. Do you remember Von Wagner throwing Wesley over the top rope into the announcers, basically, like uh, off the announcers table into their laps? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. These guys really, like, really beat the shit out of each other. Uh, Santos Escobar in the first one around, around WrestleMania time was so great. If you want a lesson on why Boris loves this Santos Escobar so much his best wwe match is the ladder match stand and deliver to april 2nd fuck he was great in that match man and uh yeah th two excellent matches that are close to the top 50 which is i swear to god a compliment <laughs> mm -hmm. no 100 percent 
All right, Boris, it's time to cue up the theme. It's the FTR four pack, buddy. We're going hard. The first mention of CM Punk, I miss you, Punk, versus Dax Harwood. This is match number 57 on our list. It is from March 23rd, 2022. So number 57, CM Punk versus Dax Harwood. Yes, this match was so freaking good so freaking good so much fun and this is when i remember talking to you i don't remember if we talked about on a podcast i know we did eventually but i'm like dax harwood could possibly be not only our male wrestler of the year but our tag team of the year yeah absolutely man he he went off this year you'll see his name over and over and over again especially as we get into the top 50 this year but yeah and you'll notice that i ranked this old school fight between two workers with capital s's at the end of that cm punk and dax harwood uh way ahead of them spot fests you know but at the same time 57 there there are way more spot fests to come don't you worry crazier spots than you've ever seen in your life yep Number 56, another old school hard fought battle. Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. This was November 30th, Dynamite. Uh, if you listen to the Dax Harwood podcast, he points out that he actually was was uh, given the honor of calling, putting together, quote unquote, this match. And I think he did a goddamn good job, Boris. Yep, agreed. Yes, sir. Number 55 on our list. It is the Owen Hart Foundation qualifier. FTR explodes. Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood. This was the match that was called a Bret Hart masturbatory exhibition by one hangman out of page. It was. Call it what you want. It was still fucking good. So I am so Canadian that two two guys in a tag team going out and jerking off over Bret Hart gets 55 overall on my list. That's where we're standing right now. That was from Dynamite, April 27th, 2022. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> All right, very good. That was number 55. Number 54, we're sticking with FTR. We're sticking with Dax. This was his round one match. Versus Adam Cole. Match number 54, Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Round 1, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. Dynamite, May 11th, 2022. So if the previous match was Brett versus Owen, this was Brett versus Michaels, right? Yep, I think so. That's kind of like how I kind of saw things as, as, as these matches uh, played out. I uh, 100% agree with you, and yeah, I... Man, I miss Adam Cole too. He is he is a perfectly good poor man's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it, it's crazy how when you think how long he's been gone and you're like you just you just want him to get better in general. Like I don't even care about wrestling at this point. Dude, just just what you feel when you get severe uh concussions is absolutely disgusting. I cannot imagine going through that for this long. Uh, I just hope that he's doing well. I hope that he can continue having a great life. And if we are lucky, we'll see him back in the rings one day. Agreed, buddy. Well said. I don't have much to add. And yeah, you do know from experience, sadly, we, let's not get into that. But yes, yeah, it's tough. And God bless Adam Cole. Hope he gets uh, well. I don't know why I say God bless so much. I'm not quite, I'm not very religious. So yes, match number 53, Trios Titles Tournament Finals, the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Hangman Adam Page versus the Elite of Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. This was from All Out. Shit went down a couple hours after this. But for now, it was a great match. And Kenny, 
he looked into the camera all sassy and said, follow that. And actually, Punk versus, uh, you know, uh, Moxley was not on this list. So I guess they didn't. I guess they didn't, Kenny. But yeah, great match overall. And you'll notice I'm being fair by ranking it ahead of Punk and Dax and, and crew here, right? Yeah, so there, there that is. Uh, once again, the trios titles tournament final dark order versus the elite from all out. Great match. Not the most intense trios match of that night. That's for sure. <laughs> but I'm saying yes. Agreed though. Uh, match number 52. We're going to new Japan, America capital collision, new Japan's debut in Washington, DC. This is Eddie Kingston versus Ishii one. Oh, awesome match. They beat the shit out of each other. So, so very, very good. Highly underrated. Slept on. Need to be seen. Go watch this match. Yeah, this match was great. I, I watched this match live, like um, on pay-per-view on fight. And I was just like so impressed with this. I, like, I knew it was going to be a slap fest. I knew it was going to be just two guys beating the holy hell out of each other. But I was just so impressed with this match uh, as it was going on. And they gave this match a lot of time. They told a good story. At no point was I bored. At no point did I feel like, okay, New Japan, typical New Japan, you know, your long ass matches. No, this match was a lot of fun. Kept me thoroughly sports entertained throughout. Yes, yeah, it went like 15, 18 minutes, the right amount of time. Did not need to go too much longer than that. So that was 52, Eddie Kingston versus Ishii 1 from Capital Collision, New Japan show in Washington, D.C., May 15th, sorry, May 14th, May 14th, 2022. All right, and that brings us to the end of part one uh, with a pretty sassy choice here. This is the most underrated WWE match of the year. One of the most slept on WWE matches I can remember considering the star power in it. Honestly, I quit from WrestleMania backlash May 8th, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. This match fucking rules, man. This is a hard fought battle ends with a very memorable finish. This was an excellent wrestling match and we all forgot about it. I quit from backlash May 8th, Charlotte versus Ronda slaps banger. Charlotte's last match until her return a couple weeks ago. Now, here's the thing about WWE, right? And, like, let's be honest here. And we're so tough on WWE, not us, but, like, I'm using the collective we at this point, right? People just have something with WWE, right? And they're so super tough on them. So for these matches to be so high on the list, to me, just goes to show you how good they are. And then you think about, you know, the criticism that Charlotte and Ronda Rousey always get. But those two have great chemistry when they work together. Those two know how to work well together. And, you know, th this match, while I didn't technically remember per se, as you're <laughs> talking about it, as you're talking about it, and I just proved my own point, you know, I'm like, yeah, this match rocked. So very great. And that's, yeah, go back and watch it. I'm telling you, you might be surprised with how, uh, how breathtaking it was, man. They really, really delivered something that I didn't actually think Ronda Rousey was capable of in a singles match. This has to be her best one-on-one -on -one match. You could argue that her first ever match with like Stephanie and Triple H and Kurt Angle due to the pomp and circumstance due to the whole kit and caboodle, that might be the greatest celebrity match of all time if we're splitting hairs, actually. That's a classic. But this was as good as Ronda's ever gotten other than that. Yeah. 
And that's exactly it. What a perfect way to and a place to stop for part one. Let people think about the list. Let people go back and watch some of the matches from the list. Honestly, Matt, thank you so much for putting this list together. I know how much time it takes to do this. Uh, and I know to the listeners how, you know, uh, it, it, these lists can be long, but it's always fun just to reminisce about the year that was in professional wrestling. And honestly, we were just so, so lucky to watch as much professional wrestling together to chat about professional wrestling together and to you know to just just love this sport and this art form that is professional wrestling so if you like listening to people talk about pro wrestling what's the best place to do it well it's sunday night's main event radio.com snme radio.com where you can find all the podcasts you can find everything that we do for free, but we're more than just a weekly radio show. We actually have a wrestling show each and every single day. Uh, we talk about a lot of different TV shows. And on BAM, on this show, we actually go talk about stardom, New Japan, Impact, MLW, even NWA sometimes. But <laughs> we, <laughs> we talk about it all here on SNME Radio. And, you know, so you can find SNME Radio on Facebook you can find all of our shows on Patreon. If you're a patron, it costs just $5 a month to get everything. Uh, that's patreon.com slash SNME radio. You get shows like the Smack Daddies talking Smackdown, uh, the old fucks talking all elite weekly. You get AEWTF, which is Dark Side of the Elite talking all things AEW in ring, internet, everywhere. You got setting the standard where we're taking a profile of an Ontario independent wrestler and his time from referee to pro wrestler and everything in between. We have a show for every taste. And this is just the beginning because in 2023, we're going to be bringing you more shows, more content, more videos, more everything. Keep it locked in at SNMERadio.com, Patreon.com slash SNMERadio. Uh, cannot thank you enough, Matt. We will be back in a couple days chatting 50 to number one. And let us know who you think is going to end up in the number one spot. And let us know what you think of the list so far. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, buddy. And thank you for being the glue that holds this thing together. I'm doing the legwork, but you're you're helping you're helping float this boat, and I appreciate it. I'm sure everyone else out there does as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't give a-